welcome back to Aspire. I am your host, Mastura Kolmeyer. What's up, fam? I hope you miss me, but I am here and you're here, and we're about to talk some real deep she, um, I mean, deep and meaningfuls on the show today. But first, how was your week? Not much going on over here, apart from the usual day-to-day stuff. Although I have been addicted to TikTok lately and have been sucked right into the vortex. I could sit and watch TikToks all day and disappear into the abyss. I'm talking coffee TikToks, oh my god, painting, drawing, craft TikToks, and anything funny. There is just so much content on there. Of course, there are the original TikTokers with their dances, plus amazing singers on there too. Just so many incredibly talented people in the world, making me question why I ain't as talented as they are. (laughs) But this episode is not about discussing the creative talents around the world or who or what is on TikTok, although I did jump on TikTok about mid last year. So if you do want to follow me, I haven't posted anything recently, but yeah, if you want to catch up on TikTok, I'm on there at the usual atmosphere I call Maya. Anyways, I highly recommend you get onto TikTok if you haven't yet, so you too can add it to the list of, I don't know what I wasted my time on today, that list of things, you know? So you might not be creative or talented, but let's look at what things you are good at and what things you are grateful for. This is what I wanted to talk to you about today, gratitude and how this practice can help you. Let's dive right in and first start with what gratitude is. We all know what gratitude means, right? Being thankful and appreciative of what we have or the things we normally take for granted. But why is this so important? This is what I wanted to share with you because more often than not, we tend to focus on the negative things in life. It's something us humans do because our brain has the natural tendency to latch onto negative thoughts, experiences, or interactions. Psychologists refer to this as a negativity bias, which can be combated through the practice of gratitude. Positive psychology studies have also found that there are very few things in life that can increase our overall baseline happiness one of which is gratitude. So gratitude not only helps to disconnect you from negative thoughts and feelings, it can increase your overall happiness and as a result can lead to a greater well-being. This is why it's important to incorporate gratitude in your life and one of the main reasons why I want to talk about it today with you. There are just so many countless things in life that you can be grateful for. When I was younger, we used to go back to visit family in Malaysia every year or so, and we would stay up to a month per visit at times. In these frequent visits to what I now consider our second home country, I found so many things that I was grateful for. I observed the many differences between the lives that my cousins, aunties and uncles lived compared to the life I lived back home in Australia with my immediate family. One of the biggest things I was grateful for was having warm water to shower with. That sounds really simple, right? Having warm water to shower with. But we quickly learned how lucky we were to have warm, 
rain water shower head showers as we poured cold water from a bucket over our heads to shower in Malaysia. Bucket baths were something we didn't even know existed and it made us realize how much differently others lived around the world. This was just one of the many things I learned from visiting our family in Malaysia and it well and truly opened my eyes to how blessed we are to live the life we live because we truly don't understand the things we take for granted until we learn what it is like to not have them. I credit this to my mum. She made it a big point to understand what it's like for others to live the way that they live and then what we have in our lives and what we can be grateful for in comparison to that. The culture shock was rife among us, my brothers and I, but the experience humbled us. We learned about cold bucket baths, squatting toilets, open drains, eating and sleeping on the floor in the village, all the village life, racial hierarchy in Malaysia, wealth disparity, and how people earn a living in a developing country, but also how you don't need much to be happy. Some of these lessons cannot be learned other than seeing and experiencing it for yourself. At the age of 14, my parents sent me to a boarding school in Malaysia with my younger brother where we stayed for three months. I didn't know what to expect, but the school was mainly an orphanage. This experience was one I will never forget because I learned firsthand the lives of orphans and how they approach life. Most were optimistic and positive, and they taught me life lessons I don't think I could have ever learned any other way. There was a little girl who I remember fondly. She had lost both her parents in an accident, and her auntie and uncle could not afford to look after her, so they sent her to the orphanage. She was quiet and closed off, but I remember she was so small and cute and I was completely drawn to her because she would not warm to anybody. I always loved children and babies when I was little and always wanted to look after and care for those who were younger than me. There was just something about her that made me feel like I needed to protect her and to get close to her. So I made it my mission to get her to at least warm to me. I remember trying everything to get her to talk to me, to get her to tell me things, to play games and open up to me, but she really was not interested. Then one day I went out and bought her a big stuffed bunny and brought it back to the orphanage to give to her. I can just remember the smile that lit up on her face. She was so excited to receive the stuffed bunny and hugged it with so much joy. It really warmed my heart because afterwards she started to open up to me more and more. And it made me think of how a small kind act and a small thing like a stuffed animal can make a child so happy. I learned in those early teenage years that I was incredibly fortunate and how I could never even fathom what it would be like to lose both my parents at such a tender and formative age. I believe she was only six at the time that I met her, but I don't know how old she was when she lost her parents. Fast forward several years and I meet my now husband, Yusri, who has inevitably formed a big part of my life. 
from the days of getting to know each other to dating to being engaged and then married, learning together as first-time parents to our eldest child, our only daughter Amalina, and then growing our family and having our second child Rayan, and then our third Isais, and building our home and our lives together as a family. With each iteration of our lives, welcome new things to be grateful for, despite many of the challenges that we faced along the way. We grew together and we learned from each other through experiences we endured as a team as well as separately on how to navigate this thing called life. There are a lot of things to be grateful for, but finding someone to do life with is one of my favorites because not only is Yusri my life partner, but he's also my best friend. There is just something so special in having a friend in your partner. You know, when I was younger, I would always question, how do you know for sure that the person you have met is the one you will spend the rest of your life with? But it's true. When they say, when you know, you know, and you just do. Now, just appreciating the people you have in your life or the things we have and being thankful for them is incredibly fulfilling. Although we do not realize what we have until it is gone. And while we do not want to wish all the good things in life away, Sometimes it is one of the ways we can truly understand the magnitude and the weight of what it is like to be without something we have. A great example of this is the coronavirus pandemic that hit the world. It changed our perspective and allowed us to slow down to smell the roses, as they say. This slower pace living allowed us to analyze all the things in life and make us really focus on what really matters. It served as a great reminder for us to appreciate all the simple things in life that we usually take for granted. Now, you don't need to visit a developing country or go to school at an orphanage or meet your life partner or have children or experience a pandemic to learn how to be grateful. Those life lessons and experiences are great eye-openers, but You don't need a massive life-changing event to learn gratitude. The smaller and simpler things can sometimes be more meaningful. From the roof over your head to the food on the table, your able body, your eyes that you can see with, the ears that you can hear with, the hands that you can touch with, the nose that you can smell with and the mouth that you can speak with, waking up and being able to live another day, breathing fresh air, or even having a few minutes of quiet time to yourself. It can be anything big or small, and it doesn't necessarily have to always be positive either. There could be challenging experiences or difficulties you endure that make you aware of the things that you previously took for granted. Though, going back to the smaller and simpler things, often the things we think are trivial are sometimes the most powerful. I have mentioned gratitude journaling briefly before in my journaling episode, but I didn't delve into what it actually is. Now, if you missed out on that journaling episode, it is the most listened to episode so far. So if you want to go back to that, go back to the journaling episode, listen to that, and then come back and listen to this one about gratitude. Essentially, gratitude journaling is writing down all the things you are grateful for as a daily practice. Gratitude journaling is a profound way to practice gratitude. 
I have spoken at length before why it's so important to write things down and it is one of the main reasons why practicing gratitude through journaling is such a good method. Rather than just saying things that you are grateful for, writing it down intrinsically creates space for this thought and allows it to form neural pathways of positive thoughts within your mind. Identifying what you are grateful for is such a fulfilling process, particularly as by doing this, there is an immediate intrinsic reward. The neural circuitry in our brain releases dopamine when we identify and are grateful for the things we have in our lives. This makes us feel good and makes us want more of that good feeling. When we reflect and write down the positive things we appreciate in life, this releases serotonin, which enhances our mood. Think antidepressants. I did say at the top of this episode that you can increase your baseline happiness through gratitude, right? Gratitude journaling is a conscious way of strengthening neural pathways to ultimately create a permanent positive and grateful nature within ourselves, in turn increasing our baseline happiness. Now, if happiness isn't enough to encourage you to practice gratitude or want to practice gratitude, then you need to know what else are proven benefits of gratitude. I'm going to run through a few of them briefly because there are so many reasons and scientific research out there which highlight the benefits of this practice. So you can do your own reading up about this too. But I just want to share several reasons why you should be practicing gratitude. And these are number one, it gives you peace of mind and contentment. Number two, it improves your sleep. Number three, it enhances positive emotions. Number four, it will train you to have an abundance mindset. Number five, it helps to reduce depression, stress and anxiety. Number six, it enhances and strengthens your faith. Number seven, it can rewire your brain also known as neuroplasticity. Number eight, it will teach you humility. Number nine, it can increase your self-esteem. Number 10, it improves relationships. These are just 10 reasons to help motivate you to practice gratitude. As I said before, there are many more benefits, though often we need to trial things for ourselves to explore what benefits we will personally experience because everybody's experiences are different in different ways. And you might experience something completely differently to somebody else and you might benefit from practicing gratitude in a different way compared to others. Another way to frame gratitude is also to see abundance in everything you do and this is also just going back on that abundance, creating abundance in your life or creating that abundance mindset. One of my favorite quotes is from the prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. This quote says, look at those who are below you and do not look at those who are above you, for that is more likely to hold you back from belittling the blessings that God has bestowed upon you. Now, this quote highlights two things. Number one, 
being that if we look at those who have less than us, we will see how great, how incredibly lucky we are in comparison to them and always be happy and content with what we have. And number two, should we look to those who have more than us, we will only see scarcity and poverty in our lives. Now, as you know, I am a person of faith. I believe in God, but you don't need to believe in God to understand and apply this concept. Whatever you focus on grows. So if you focus on what you don't have, you'll always see scarcity and lack in aspects of your life which will make you bitter and envious of others and what they have. However, if you focus on the things that you do have, then you see abundance in all areas of your life, which in turn will make you thankful, humble and content for the things you do have. Remember, what you focus on grows. So allow yourself to focus on the incredible things you have in your life so you can increase your baseline happiness plus grow your abundance mindset. It's like that popular saying by Theodore Roosevelt, comparison is the thief of joy. I love this quote, but it is only true when we compare ourselves to those that have seemingly more than we do, as by doing so, we are essentially making ourselves feel deflated and inadequate. So what can we do about this? Don't compare ourselves to those who have more than you because it can steal our joy. Rather, if you want to compare, use this as a tool to highlight the things you do have in comparison with those who are less fortunate than you. Then this will then make you realize what things you do have, what things you can be appreciative for, and make you feel content with the things and people in your lives that you do have. Another way to actually implement this comparison piece in your life is to curate what you are exposed to because remember you want to be able to protect your energy if you want to be grateful for things you need to be able to find those things in your life that you are grateful for and really focus on them at the same time you don't want to be exposed to things in your life that will make you feel like you are inadequate or make you feel scarce or have that lack mindset. So another space that you are able to curate so that you don't have that opening or you are not exposed to people who may seemingly have more than you is the space of social media. Now we see the highlight reels, everybody talks about this. We see the highlight reels, we see everything that's going good for people, what they have, what they're showing off or what they are wanting to show you on their feed. And then in turn, we look at ourselves and we compare ourselves to them in terms of their body or, you know, what their lifestyle is or what they have. And then we feel crap about ourselves. So instead of doing that every time you go onto social media, look to unfollow those people that make you feel like shit. It's got nothing to do with who you're following. It's all about curating that space so that you're not comparing yourself to people who have seemingly more than you. And remember, I say seemingly because it's appearing to have more than you. We don't know what they've done or how they've achieved what they have achieved how deep in their journey they have 
gotten to get to where they are. You know, if they have been working out for 10 years to get that particular body that you are seeing now, and then you are comparing yourself to that body and you're just at the start of your journey. We don't want to do that. What we want to do is curate our feed so that we don't feel inadequate in comparison to them. Go and follow people that inspire you, but not to the point that that space makes you feel like shit every time that you log on to social media and then you see everything that you wish that you had. It is more beneficial for you if we continue to focus on those people and the things that are out there that we wish that we had, then we will always fall into that negative spiral and we will always look to see the lack in our lives. So remove yourself from that space and be able to curate who you can compare yourself to that's going to make you feel better. I'm not saying that follow those people that, you know, have less than you. What I'm just saying is that making sure that whoever you follow on social media does not impact you in the way that you are comparing yourself to them and then feeling that lack in your life when you compare yourself to them. As Theodore said, comparison is the thief of joy, but only in the space of comparing yourself to those who have more, seemingly more than you or what appears to be more than you. All right, so there are so many things that you can be grateful for. Some taught through life lessons, some that you can gain appreciation for as you grow older and wiser, but others you just learn through the practice of gratitude. So if you've listened to this and you are at the point thinking, yeah, I want to get on that gratitude train. I want to increase my baseline happiness. I want to build an abundance mindset. I want to improve the relationships I have in my life, my friendships, my relationship with my partner, my relationships with my parents and my children. I want to have improved sleep. I want to have enhanced positive emotions. If this is speaking to you and you feel that you want to have all the benefits of this gratitude practice, if you listened this far into the episode and you're thinking, that is what I want to do next, or that's what I want to be able to focus on and reap the benefits from, then then I feel that I've piqued your interest in this gratitude practice. And I really hope that you go and try and test this practice for yourself because the results speak for themselves. Give it a go. Grab a journal and start writing down a few things you are grateful for each morning. Just when you get up, before you do anything else, sit there, grab your journal on your bedside table and jot down a few things that you are grateful for. I'm grateful for waking up this morning. I am grateful to be able to breathe fresh air. I am grateful to have a well-rested sleep. I am grateful for my bed. I am grateful for having a roof over my head. I am grateful for my husband and my children who are healthy and uh, loving and are full of life. I am grateful for my health. I am grateful for being able to have a sound mind. There are so many things that you can write down. Even if you start with one or two things that you 
are grateful for. And it can be so simple. I'm grateful to be able to have an able body, you know. I'm grateful to live in Australia and I'm grateful for being in Perth and living in Perth in such a hard time when a pandemic is hitting the world at the moment. And we have the ability to move around and not be isolated and social distance away from people. We can actually go out because we don't have community cases at the moment. There is so many things that you can write down and so many things that you will be able to identify the more you continue to practice this gratitude journaling. And you'll see just in a matter of weeks, you'll identify or you'll notice a change in your mood and your attitude towards life in general. You'll see an uptick in your, in, you know, the way that you conduct yourself, the way that you bring yourself. And I think others will notice it within you as well. I would love to hear from you and hear your experiences practicing gratitude. I can guarantee you, you'll be surprised how many things you can identify that you are grateful for that you hadn't thought so deeply about before. And this is powerful. Just think of all the things that you have and what you can use with that knowledge of having these things in your life or having identified the things that you have that uh, make you so grateful for. And this is just the start to increasing your baseline happiness. I did say before, there are only a few things that researchers have found that will increase your happiness. Major life events that happen in your life that you think, okay, as soon as I achieve that, I will achieve happiness. That doesn't increase your happiness overall. It just increases your happiness at that time for a short amount of time. And then after that, you'll go back to your baseline. To increase your overall baseline happiness, gratitude is the answer. Gratitude is the secret to increasing your overall baseline happiness for a longer length of time. Baseline. So you don't go back to the baseline, your baseline is actually increasing, which means that you are going to be happy more often rather than just at a time when you've achieved something or a a life event has happened. So start to increase your baseline happiness and live a life of abundance. Who wouldn't want that, right? I'm just so happy to share and impart this knowledge with you in the hopes that you can change your life and enhance it in a more positive way and that you take this information, you take this knowledge and you use it to your advantage. Well, that's all I have to say in relation to gratitude for this episode. And I hope that it was something that you are inspired to do, inspired to practice, and you take this away and you go ahead and you try it. You write down a few things that you're you're grateful for every morning or even every afternoon when you're just about to get into bed. Well, you know what time it is now, right? It's that time again, the last segment of each episode where we share a mind-blowing fact. (laughs) Today's fact is another one you can trial on yourself to see if it checks out. So without further ado, 
Mastura's mind-blowing fact of the week is. Are you ready for it? You cannot hum when you block your nose. Try it. Pinch your nose and try to hum. You simply can't do it. You know what I find really funny about these facts? Is that we all try to prove it wrong by doing it ourselves. So... Do you want to know why you can't hum when your nose is blocked? It's actually because when you hum, you are actually exhaling. So if both your mouth and your nose are closed, the air can't escape. And that means that you can't hum. Mine blown. <laughs> Alrighty then. All right. Well, enough of mucking around. That's all I have time for today. So before I go... You know what to do, right? Jump onto whatever you're listening to this podcast on and click follow on Spotify, click subscribe on Apple Podcasts. However you can subscribe or follow to the show, please click that and keep up to date with all the podcast feed and all the episodes that are coming out for you. If you can leave a review, if you really enjoyed this episode, please share it. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review if you enjoyed it. That would really help me because I am an independent podcaster. I record everything on my own. I edit it all on my own and I put it out to the world for you guys to hear. So if you think that this is great content and you enjoy it and you love everything that I'm putting out there, share it with others, put it in your Instagram feed, tag me in it. I would love to hear from you. You can also jump into our Facebook group where you can join other people who listen to the podcast and have conversations with them. Just search Aspire with Mastura Kolmeyer. You can also email me at masturakolmeyer at outlook.com if you do want to share anything with me directly otherwise you can also find me on instagram at mastura kolmeyer and i do tell you that you can also find me at mastura kolmeyer on tiktok (laughs) thank you to all you listeners who are out there who are tuning into my show and listening to my episodes i am thankful for every single one of you i see you i see all the stats and all the people that are out there that are you know, jumping on and listening to the podcast in all different countries around the world, from Australia to United States and France and New Zealand and Malaysia and Nigeria and Africa, Mozambique, UK, Canada. I really appreciate each and every single one of you. And I just hope that whatever I put out in in the world and whatever you here on this podcast feed is something that you can take away and you can utilize and you benefit from so thank you again so much i hope you have a lovely week and a lovely day and i'll speak to you next week thanks guys love you so much bye